This show contains discussions of violence, murder, abuse, suicide, some use of language, and other things that some people may find offensive. We don't recommend Crime Cafe for children under the age of 14. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome or welcome back to this episode of Crime Cafe Podcast. I'm Amber. I'm Coral. And this week, we are going to be discussing the disappearance of Martin Roberts. Yes. Wow. I literally cannot believe this case. Amber suggested it, and I swear on my life, dude. (laughs) She always suggests unsolved, missing, unexplained, and it literally sends me down such a rabbit hole. I am, like, clawing my eyes out over this case. I literally I, don't understand. I don't look at much soft stuff. I know. Because, because I'm like. You're like, it's over. It's solved. It's solved. Yeah. Let's go. Which is important to look back. But. Yeah. We mostly cover unsolved or weird stuff. Because yes. it's like, that's what they deserve. Yeah. And that's my biggest interest. Right. I know you do, like, the solved stuff. I do. More. <laughs> can't help it because I always feel like my heart's going to get broken. It's nice to have closure, Mm -hmm. but like, and obviously they're the ones that you can really fall down the rabbit hole and go forever. Yeah. And I hate those too, because Mm -hmm. I will fall all the way. Literally. And (laughs) like the, okay. Most of the missing, uh, weird cases or all suggested by Amber and the little spatterings of solved ones are me <laughs> just to keep it, you know, you know, good and everything. Cause like everybody loves a good solved murder. Yeah. You may not have heard of, you know, but this, Oh, I just can't like, I'm so unprepared emotionally, but we're just going to get into it. I'm so excited to talk about it. Yes. I, I have to know what you think about it. Okay, so we're just going to start with who Martin was. His name was James, but he went by Martin. So his name is James Martin Roberts. He grew up in Kennersville, North Carolina. And Kennersville is the smallest suburb of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. It's such a small town and an an incredibly close, tight-knit community. This town is very reminiscent of Stars Hollow from Gilmore Girls, or Halloween Town, actually. It really? That's so cute. I'm there. So, it's a very cute place that people would want to visit and escape to. People as in us. Yes. Martin was... I love. I know. Speaking of Halloween Town, I'm so excited for fall. Like, yes. don't at me. I am so excited. I don't care. It's summer. Martin was always athletic as a child. He played soccer, baseball, and football. He loved sports. Literally, everybody plays sports down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on a bowling league. Amber played softball. And basketball. And basketball. Like, we were always in the dirt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But his favorite sport was soccer. They said that even though Martin was competitive, he was known to be very sweet and calm and very level-headed. Uh, he was very focused as a young adult. And in high school, um, he had his sights set on Appalachian State University business college he really loved finance and business and when he 
Do you want to call Appalachian State the home episode? I call it App State later. Oh, okay. You can call it App State. Okay. So, when he got accepted at App State in 2004, the mm -hmm. year I graduated. 2014. You said 2004. Oh, my God. Amber's old. What the? <laughs> <laughs> so, when he got accepted at App State in 2014, he was mm -hmm. over the moon excited. It was very obvious that Martin was very loved by everyone. And he made friends very easily. He was outgoing. He was a funny person. In fact, during his very first semester at school, he was invited to pledge for a fraternity. I think it's called Tau Kappa Epsilon. Why? You don't even want me to try to say it. Okay. <laughs> T.O. Kappa Epsilon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, his mom was so happy for him, and she was glad her son was doing really well socially. Literally. So, Tuesday night, April 19th, 2016, in Boone, North Carolina, James Roberts, who goes by Martin, like we said, joined his fraternity brother at a local bar that's frequented by App State students. It's called the Klondike. It was a pretty busy night. They had a lot of activities at the bar, like they played trivia and stuff, and Martin's friend said that it was a very like normal night. Um, his, one of his girlfriends said that uh, he was his normal self and she really didn't see anything out of the ordinary. Like he was fine. So the day after Martin went to the bar on Wednesday, April 20th, Martin's dad had been expecting a call from him all day. And he said that him and Martin had a lot to discuss about their summer plans. The classes he was taking currently, you know, just the normal. Yeah. Or not really normal, but like, like just, checking in. Yeah. Yeah. So two days before April 20th, he told his dad that he was expecting his first check from his new dishwashing job at Daniel Boone Inn. And he was super excited about his check. He told his dad he would call him and tell him how much his first check was. Yeah. Um, but you know, being young and stupid and in a fraternity, like literally his whole family said that, his phone was always broken. Like his screen, he he would refuse to put his phone in a case. I would literally beat this child. That's Lucas. <laughs> I'm going to beat Lucas. <laughs> and sometimes he just uh, wouldn't answer his phone. That's me. Uh, like they said that basically it was hard to get a hold of and he was kind of irresponsible with his phones. Like, if you call me, I'm just going to send you to voicemail and if you don't leave a voicemail, I'm not calling you back. Literally. I'm not. I'm not playing. <laughs> Honestly, like, if it's an emergency, you got to call, like, three times. I don't even answer on the twice call. No, you just leave a voicemail. Yeah, exactly. If you literally don't leave a voicemail, I don't care if you call 20 times. I know. However, this felt <clears throat> different. This was not normal. Something was wrong. Like, he felt like something was wrong. So, Martin's dad, his name's John, did not receive a call from Martin at all on the 20th. So, he did what any dad to an adult college student would do. He waited and trusted that everything was okay and that somehow this was a misunderstanding and that he would not worry. Can I just like interrupt real quick? Yeah. That would literally be my family because I don't answer. <laughs> I, seriously, they'd be like, it's fine. Like what? Okay. She never answers. So <laughs> that's the problem with me going missing. It's like I could be dead in the ditch for 20 years and no one would know. <laughs> so, um... However, he called the next day, Thursday, April 21st, and he still couldn't reach Martin. 
This was concerning. John said it seemed strange because he was so definite that he was going to call his dad. Surprisingly, Martin was actually well and okay. He was at his dorm chatting with his fraternity brothers at this time. So at this point, he was fine. He just wasn't answering. <laughs> so, um, his fraternity brothers said they just saw him in, in passing that day. They said that Martin said he was headed to the library at around 10.30 a.m. And they said he put his water bottle in, a, in a, his backpack and left. Around noon that day, though, Martin runs into one of his cousins who also just so happens to attend App State. And she had actually forgotten something for her class she was taking, so she just ran into him by chance. They walked together to the bus stop. They had a conversation for about 10 to 15 minutes. She said that Martin was super upbeat. They discussed the semester, the classes he was planning on taking next semester. He told her that he was actually headed home to his fraternity house. And when the bus pulls up, she gets on and she starts and he started to walk down the street. They go their separate ways and this would be the last time anyone ever saw Martin. Yeah. So he was alive but his dad just never got a hold of him. And Matt oh. I, I, could, I couldn't imagine. And just a few hours later, around 4 p.m., two of Martin's close friends at the fraternity went by his apartment to see him. And if you're confused, how is he a part of a fraternity but in an apartment? That'll get cleared up later. Okay. Not you personally, but like the listeners. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, the day before, he abruptly <coughs> dropped out of the fraternity group chat. Um, just left like, it. Just Oh, he left it? Left like, didn't chat. quit talking? Just he quit removed talking. himself? He was like, bye. He left the chat. Oh, okay. They were actually there to ask why he dropped out. They were, like, confused. Like, why would why would he drop out? He loves hanging out with us. We literally just went out to the Klondike. Like, we have a good time. Yeah. And by this point, it had only been a year and a half since joining the fraternity. Like, he's just a sophomore. That Like, that's weird. That's why they yeah. went and visited him. They are like, what's wrong? Are you mad? Yeah. Martin was not in his room and he wasn't answering texts from friends at this time. So by Friday morning, John, sorry, sorry, okay, who is Martin's dad is incredibly concerned. It's been four days since he's heard from his son. So we actually called the landlord and asked him to go check on Martin. He called the roommates and asked them to go check the landlord called, John didn't have the roommate's phone numbers. That's why I had to call the landlord. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So he called the roommates and asked the landlord, called the roommates and asked them to go check and see if Martin was okay. Martin's roommate knocks on his door. No answer. So the roommate walks in and he notices a note on the desk and him, and immediately he knows something is very, very wrong. And this was like a note left, like, mm. out where you would see it when you... Yeah, like on his desk. Yeah, like, it was... He wanted someone to find it. He definitely did. Yeah. And sorry, but is it just me or is it where the landlord didn't go check for himself? I think he just thought it would be quicker probably to call. Yeah, he could have not been there. And he might be old. Yeah. A lot of landlords are elderly people. That's true. Plus, he had a neighbor, so he'd probably like, just go check. Yeah. But, like, I don't know if... It would have made a difference if the landlord went, but, like, it's just something that I wanted to point out. Yeah. 
Um, the roommate called John back and told him about the note. John left work immediately, went home to pick up his wife, who is Martin's stepmom because they're, his parents are divorced. And they headed to Boone immediately. Then the roommate called the police department where he filed a missing persons report. I have a question for you. Hmm? Do you talk about that this is the second note? They found one in the trash can where he like tried to write it before. Excuse me? That's what Danielle said. I'm gagging. Yeah. Amber's in the CIPA. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I did this case for four hours, and I don't remember that. That's what, saying. that's okay. What I've heard is that this was the second note that they actually found one that he had tried to write, but like didn't like what he said or something, and trashed it and started over. So he really thought this note out. It was like a really personal. Yeah, and they've never released it. Yeah. Because yeah. they they think if he's out there that could embarrass him. So I don't know what is said in it. Well, we that, talk about some of the stuff that's said in it. His dad does say he like, does say dad, a little bit, yeah. but they say it's incredibly personal. Yeah. Okay, so well that, that changes things later. Like we'll discuss it later, but that's okay. amazing. Detective Kevin Wilson arrives at the apartment. And he reads the note that Martin left for his family. It's so incredibly personal. Um, like we said, they still have not released the letter to this day. Um, and according to the family and police, Martin made it very clear in his letter that he felt like a failure. He said that he was given money or he was giving many opportunities by his family that he didn't take advantage of. And they said he didn't really say what he was doing or where he was going. It didn't say whether or not this was a suicide note. And it didn't say anywhere that he was going to hurt himself. He left behind his iPad, his laptop, his phone, and wallet. This is so scary for family, friends, and quite frankly, investigators as well. Because this is not your average disappearance or even your average suicide note, really. Um, this is something that shook up their perception of everything. They called Martin's sister and told her that they were having trouble finding him. She called their mom, Kimberly, and they made their way to Boone. Kim said that she didn't really think anything of it. She was like, you know, this is, this is like, he's going to show up. Like, he's just. Oh, yeah. I think that's how any um, parent would want right. to feel. He's like 19. He's probably with a friend. Like, you know. I think, you know, and a lot of people probably would have thought, like, you know, he's just out, like, partying, basically. Yeah, or ignoring. But. The fraternity, leaving the fraternity chat, that's, oh, that's yeah. very odd. And it gets even weirder. So, according to John and his stepmother, this isn't the first time Martin has expressed feeling like a disappointment. Eight months earlier, he started his sophomore year, and the very first night back, he was invited to a fraternity party, and he drank quite a lot. His family and friends say he wasn't an alcoholic by any means, but he just happened to drink and drink enough to get drunk. Unfortunately, he made the decision to drive home, and in doing so, he pulled out in front of App State Campus Police. Thank God. Yeah, literally. Like, this is a good thing. Yeah, they should... He, I mean, I know in the moment he probably like wanted to, you know, scream, but like, thank God. Yeah. 
he was actually given a DW, DWI charge and he was taken into custody and his driver's license was revoked and is still revoked. Martin called his girlfriend around 2 a.m. that night asking her to get him from jail. She lived actually to uh, 100 miles away, but still she loved him. She cared about him. And he's like, she, or she's like, he called me. So obviously he doesn't like want to call his parents. You know, that's awkward. Mm -hmm. So she was willing to drive and help him. She says that she's not sure. Uh, she, she said that she wasn't sure if he called his parents, but like she wasn't going to question it. But when she got there, uh, Martin was outside of the jail and he starts like pitching a fit. Like he's still kind of drunk, you know, and he starts like throwing money at her. This is what she said. And telling her he's sorry for making her come out all this way for nothing. Like, there's no reason for her to be there. Somehow they got into an argument. Probably due to frustration, lack of sleep, getting arrested, being drunk, all that. And unfortunately, it led to them breaking up. I really hate that that's what ended their relationship. Because she spoke so highly of him. Yeah. In the interviews I saw. And that's just not a good thing for a young couple to go through. Yeah. It sucks. So Martin's girlfriend said that she had told him basically like, I deserve better and you shouldn't treat me like this. You don't take my feelings into account. 24 hours after he got arrested, he finally called his dad and told him he got the DWI. Martin asked his dad, you know, I really want to come home. Like, I can't do this. I feel awful. So John obviously said that he could come home, of course, like come home for the weekend at least and take some time for yourself. So after staying a couple of days, Martin began to admit that he really wanted to take a semester off of school. I'm like going to start like tearing up because Martin's dad is like, and his stepmom are so sweet. And they literally, I felt like did everything they could to help him. And I think it's important to note that his dad, they, his dad and his stepmom, they made a good decision when they let him come home. And opened their arms to him. Mm -hmm. He was obviously distressed. And he came home for the weekend. And instead of making him, him feel worse than he already did. Um, they allowed him to like rest and regroup. Um, and uh, they didn't shun their child. Which is amazing. And mm -hmm. Martin wanted to get away from the fraternity life. Like he told them. He's like it's too much. Like it's overwhelming. Yeah. And with that he officially withdrew from App State for the semester. This was in fall 2014, uh, 2015, sorry. And I mean, yeah, 2015. So while taking time off, Martin started working at a local grill. He thrived really well at this job and he seemed to really like it. However, he really did miss his college life and he wanted to get back on track. He was a determined person, like we said, and he was really passionate about finance and business and wanted a career for himself and he's not and he's not one to give up so in january of 2016 martin rejoined his classmates at app state his parents agreed that they thought he would he was probably ready to go back and that this time he wanted to do things differently he didn't live in the dorms anymore he lived off campus in an apartment and that's like a good decision um did he not when he came home I thought he went to, like, a community college for the semester. No. He completely took off. I thought, and I thought he withdrew because also his grades were slipping at App State because he was living the fraternity life. 
Um, there was some mention of like his grades, like he, he him not doing so well, but he always did pretty well. Like he always averaged really well, mm-hmm. but he did not go into community college. At, okay. You know, I think the grades thing is, I'd heard that was why he had said about being a failure in the note. Yeah. Right. And getting the DWI, bless his heart. I know. Like you, okay. <laughs> Make one mistake and like, thank God the police got him, you know? Yeah. He was like given a worse. chance to, you know? Yeah. And I think then like getting to come home and. Yeah. They were like, you know what? No problem. Yeah. And I think there's something so important and something to be said about parents that don't force their kids to stick something out. If a child is uncomfortable, they'll tell you. Mm-hmm. And you should go with that. If yeah. they don't want to go, don't make them. Literally. Now, four months after returning to school, he's gone missing. So. And he got. I'm kind of surprised he got back in the fraternity. I know. I don't know how that happened, but he did. Okay. And um, as all the family gathered in Boone to help find Martin, they started to notice that inconsistency started to emerge. Like we said, his cousin said he was headed to the fraternity house. And the fraternity brother said he was headed to the library earlier, but he was like way far away from either one. And police found no evidence that he had gone to the house. Witnesses said at the house that they never saw him around that time. They were, there was also footage of him at the bus stop walking away just as his cousin said he did. After they saw him leave the bus stop, they literally never saw him again, and they don't know where he went. He was headed towards a busy intersection. On the video, you can clearly see him walking away towards the intersection. When he gets to the intersection, he looks left, then right, and then as the bus pulls away, you don't see him anymore. In the meantime, please try to assess, please try to access his phone. They follow up on every missed call and text. And it spread like a wildfire that Martin was missing and everyone started to freak. Yeah, this was so unexpected. And a fraternity brother actually told police that two days... (sighs) Everything goes crazy from here. I'm like freaking out. Two days before he disappeared, they took him to the bank to withdraw cash and get a haircut. Remember, he doesn't have a license, so he has to get a ride. Yes. Let's remember that. He went just... Yeah, even to get groceries, he has to get a ride. Literally. And Martin then was actually (laughs) seen bringing groceries that same day into his apartment. So his friend, like, let him go run errands, which is nice. Yeah. But when the investigators looked through the apartment, the refrigerator is basically empty. Martin had his own refrigerator, like a mini fridge. Yeah, they said it was empty. Yeah. That's like... Yeah, and the friend said he had bought, like, at least a few days worth of groceries. Two days before. Yeah. Um, like, I don't, so they're saying that, like, he could have brought it with him. Uh, But what was it? Like, I don't know. Obviously, it was perishable. Yeah, and because it wasn't. Like, what's he going to bring, though? Hiking eggs. What if he didn't get anything perishable? What if he got stuff that you don't put in the fridge and he did take it with him? What if he went and got, like, SpaghettiOs or something? How would you know? But that's, like, what they're thinking. They're like, okay, maybe... It wasn't a suicide. Maybe it it was, you know, he ran away. But they're looking at all possibilities. But things are just starting to add up really weirdly. Like, it's just weird. Yeah. 
But the weirdness is not over yet. <laughs> so, in fact, Martin's ex-girlfriend, so the one, you know, we just talked about yeah. why they broke up, tells the police the day before Martin went missing, he had withdrawn from his high school chat group. So, she sent him a text and was like, what in the world is wrong? Like, do you not want to talk to even me? And Martin said, you know, nobody can help me at this point. I can't talk to anyone. You know, some more stuff like that. The next day, Martin went missing. She didn't know that at the time. This is when he also withdrew from his fraternity group chat. Group chat. This is... So, this is obviously extremely alarming. Like... I don't know what he was thinking. Leaving. You know, Corey said a cry for help. Mm -hmm. And I feel that. But at the same time, like, I feel like if I saw somebody leave a group chat, I might not even reach out to see why. They probably were annoyed, maybe. Yeah, and feel like, what the heck? Like, he's mad about something. and Yeah. or doesn't want to talk to us. Yeah. And like maybe they're sending too many memes. And he's like I can't deal with this right now. Like I'm trying to focus on school. Yeah. And he had dropped out because he said like the fraternity was getting too much. Yeah. Like his you know, social he, life. Was... Yeah. He had dropped out of college because of it. So. Right. So just an hour and a half after leaving his cousin. A young lady stated stated that. Not at, not an hour after he left his cousin, but a lady came forward and said that she saw him walking outside of town on the side of the road approximately an hour after he left his cousin. So he was walking on, a, a court, you know, according to her, on Flannery Fork Road to be exact. She said she knew it was Martin because of the way he walked, like she could tell. They thought that he was going to the recreation center close to that road called Trout Lake that was frequently visited by local college students. North Carolina Highway uh, Patrol conducts a helicopter search of the grounds that day after he was reported missing. They conducted a nighttime search using infrared radar. This radar can pick up even something as small as a young deer. So if Martin was in the woods, it would have picked up on him. And I really commend them for doing this day one. Yeah, the police really jumped on this. Yes, and I will say, I think the reason they did it is because the Smoky Mountains are so deadly. Like, you can die of hyperthermia, and they said his backpack was really small, and did, he was not prepared. I think whatever was in that note led them to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this is why they did that. I know. So, his fraternity friends went to the police and said that Martin had been acting weird lately. He would come into the house randomly, and they'd ask, where have you been? And he would say, I was with my cousin. But then police asked his cousin if they hung out a lot. And she said, no, we never hung out. They rarely crossed paths. And that was the only cousin Martin could have been talking about because she was the only cousin he had in Boone. There's also something very, very important that Martin had been hiding from literally everyone. And this was that he was not enrolled in Appalachian State like everyone thought. He was actually enrolled at Caldwell Community College, which is a local small college. Yeah. I'm speechless. He's isolating himself. He's lying. Did he apply to App State and not get in? 
No, he did actually go to App State, but when he returned, he did not return to App State. He did go there for like a year and a half. Yeah, but when he reapplied, did he get reaccepted? I don't think he reapplied. Oh, okay. I think he, I don't think he deferred. I just think he withdrew. And I think he just went to a community college instead. And his dad said he was taking like four or five online classes. So apparently his dad knew. But when the detectives called the Caldwell College to get his school records, and when they, they called, they discovered that Martin was actually doing really well in school there. He had told his dad that he was doing some extra credit, he was making good grades, etc. But according to Caldwell College records, he hadn't logged into his classes in over a month. Investigators are really freaked out at this point. So his dad and stepmom knew, but there's the only people. He wasn't hiding it from literally everyone. I don't know why I was dramatic like that, but he just hit, hit it from everyone but them two. But he hid from him that it, he hadn't logged in in a month. You have to log in. Yeah. They found out, however, Martin had applied to all of... Okay, wait. I'm oh, sorry. I'm jumping ahead. Okay. So, we don't blame investigators for freaking out because they're like, what in the world? And so, police actually found out that he had deposit for an apartment for fall 2016, which is months away from when he went missing. This, this person, I literally don't get him. Like, why? So, as if this case couldn't get any stranger, the investigators call around to some local businesses that Martin's family said he was working at. Because Martin was working several jobs at the time, and his family told the investigators that they should look into them and see if he had shown up for work or whatever the case may be. They found out, however, Martin had applied to all of these places, but he was never hired for any of them, none of them whatsoever. His family was rightfully in shock upon hearing this news. Now, he did keep that from everybody. Remember, his dad was, like, waiting to hear yeah. what he made on his first, first check. But he, he had told everybody he was working, like, three jobs. Well, maybe that's why he went missing, because he he never got hired at these places. Maybe yeah. he just couldn't find a job. He was, didn't have any money. Mm -hmm. And he didn't want to be a disappointment to his dad. Yeah. I, I think that's so. what a lot of this stems from, is he felt like he was depressed. Yeah, he had yeah, depression. He, he certainly, if he vanished on purpose or someone made him vanish, he was depressed. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, that's just a fact. According to his mother and sister, Martin told them that the police had caught him walking while drunk and he was ticketed for drunken disorderly conduct when in reality he was driving. This hurt Martin's sister when she found out that he lied about it because. She was like, we're really close. Like, I thought he could tell me anything. Of course, just because he lies to some family about driving doesn't mean that he's a bad kid or means that he was going to die by suicide or go missing. But it's all these things together that are really, really suspicious. Like, the lying about the DWI, lying about college, lying about the jobs, etc. It's all very, very strange. And it seems like Martin was running away from his life, in my opinion. Like... He couldn't keep up, keep it up anymore. Yeah, I mean, who could? Did any like did his mom and sister know that he wasn't going to App State? Did mm -hmm. they they thought he was going to App State? 
Yeah, everybody except the dad and stepmom. So, sad. so obviously, Martin wanted people in his life to think that he was doing really well and that everything in his life was fine and perfect. I feel that. You don't want people to know that you're struggling. No. But in all reality, his life wasn't. So in five days, the police have uncovered a lot of suspicious activity. And the deception part was just so unusual for Martin. It's just so unusual for, uh, or it's just so unreal for everyone to grasp. There's a part on Disappeared on ID where Martin's mother expresses how she thought that he was just so tired from work. But it wasn't a work tired. It wasn't a school tired. It was a miserable tired. A depressed tired. And that is heartbreaking. I'm going to claw my eyeballs out. They show pictures of him like sleeping on the couch and stuff. He was tired from being miserable. Like, I know... Everybody knows what oh, yeah. she's talking about. But what if he wasn't? What if he wasn't what? What if he was like involved in like some drug or gang activity or something like that? I and mean, that's who really why, knows. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he didn't have a driver's license, but he was spending a lot of time. There was something going on that he was hiding and yeah. he was uncomfortable with. Yeah. I mean,. Now, with the new information in hand, the investigators realize that the note actually makes a lot of sense. Like, he says in the note that he was tired of his life not living up to the expectations. He was tired of making his life seem perfect. When they looked in his wallet, his license wasn't there because it had been taken away, obviously. But when Martin had gotten, he had gotten a regular state-issued ID, you know. Yeah. You know what that is. And that was not in his wallet, so... It was either somewhere in the room, somewhere on campus, somewhere on his person. So, in Martin's apartment, they found several antidepressants that were not prescribed to him. Sorry? Where are you getting that? Literally. <laughs> I'm never. I know. Okay. So, anyway. <laughs> John says that he didn't recall Martin being treated for depression or any other mental disorders. And they couldn't really figure out where the antidepressants came from. And the investigators say that it's extremely unusual because kids really aren't just trading and selling and buying medicine like that. Literally. That was my first thought. Like, <laughs> It's not funny, but I'm laughing because it's like, yeah, they don't deal that stuff. I've never. Mm -mm. What in the world? Xan. That's like all you can get. Yeah. And that's not even depression. That's like sedative. Yeah. <laughs> So, just when things are getting scarier and scarier, five days after Martin was reported missing, police get two separate tips. And they both said they saw Martin near Trout Lake. So, that added up with the young lady's tip from earlier. That's all they said about it. They were like, yeah, it corroborates. Yeah. So, we think he was near Trout Lake. They didn't really say the specifics, but... Mm -hmm. The investigators looked at public transportation records. They couldn't find any evidence that he had taken any public transportation. His ex-girlfriend thought he would be able to hike, but his family didn't feel that way. They were like, John hasn't been camping since he was like a child. And his sister said that he was a type to sweat for five minutes Martin. and then go shower. Martin hadn't been camping, not John. Oh, John said that Martin literally hadn't been camping since he was like a child. And his sister said that he was a type that would sweat for five <clears throat> minutes and then go shower. Like, even though he played sports, he's like, he doesn't want to, like, mm -hmm. be sweaty. 
So why would you want to go hiking? But um, he was athletic, but not as much in his college years. Plus, from the bus camp footage, you can tell he wasn't dressed for hiking, and he didn't have enough supplies to go camping and, like, live out the rest of his days. He's wearing, like, a drawstring backpack. I wonder why the girlfriend, the ex, feels that way in the family. I mean, I know why the family doesn't, obviously, because they've stated why they don't. But why did she feel that he could? Well, she said something like... um, Martin did anything he could put his mind to. He was really strong. And I'm like, you know. And all, but just because the bus cam footage is the last footage we have of him doesn't mean that it's the last thing Martin did no. or had or anything. Exactly. So he might have had hiking gear for all we know. And yeah. And <laughs> he could have gone back to, he could have. Okay, let's say he he went he wanted to go missing. He could have had a little bag filled with hiking supplies stu- stuffed away somewhere that he was going to go pick up. Yeah, literally. I mean, that's a possibility. What do they call those? A kit? Yeah, like a runaway bag or something. Yeah, like, like a trail room. kit. For, yeah. yeah. So... The family thought that maybe Martin would go to the beach. Their family loved the beach and they would visit frequently. And one of their favorite beaches was 280 miles from Boone, just outside of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And they thought that maybe someone would recognize him based on his tattoos. He had an Appalachian Mountain tattoo on his forearm and on his right rib cage. He had a quote from the Bob Marley song, Zion Train. The quote reads, don't gain the world and lose your soul. Wisdom is better than silver or gold. Mm-hmm. I love that one. That's a good song, too. It is. And Appalachian Mountain, not like we literally mean mountains, not like the Appalachian State logo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I listened to that and I was like, I need to make sure I say that. Um, over the next couple of months, sightings of young men matching his description pop up along the NC and South Carolina coast, North Carolina, South Carolina coast. But none of these tips led to Martin. Yeah. Cause literally every man up here has a, t- a mountain tattoo. Yeah. So having a, so having found a whole lot of information out, they still didn't understand where Martin could have gone or what his plans were like, what the heck? And investigator Kevin Wilson personally read over 12,000 emails out of Martin's account. None of them gave any leads and detective Wilson releases a statement to the public next asking for their help, asking them to be on the lookout and to report anything they may know to police. And they get no response. No response. Also, what were the 12,000 emails? That's like literally my email account. It, if it's what I'm thinking about, it's like one of those emails you've had since like childhood. Oh, okay. And it's got like Hollister emails. Yeah. And stuff. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so, one of the investigators told investigate. One of the investigators told Investigation Discovery, "I've been doing this job 20 years, and I've never had any case where you put a fraction of this amount of work into it and you get nothing back." So, after pleading to the public and getting nothing in response, doing ground searches for Martin, helicopter searches, investigating emails, social media, his phone logs, the police and family are just left to wait, speculate, and worry about where Martin Robert went. 
what he was doing, if he was okay, and what happened to him to wait two more long months until finally another tip comes in. Yes, and a uh, coroner 350 miles away in Indiana calls Detective Wilson and says, hey, like, I have, trigger warning, I have a lower leg with a white New Balance shoe on the foot, and I wanted to call and let you guys know on the off chance it might be Martin. Like, this is a specific sneaker that he was wearing. Um, and Detective Wilson was like, uh, and a million questions started racing through his mind. He's like, a leg? Like, could it be him? And how did he get that far away if it was him? Yeah. Especially on foot. And they couldn't find public transportation records. And uh, except this sneaker is a size and a half larger than Martin's. And they did a paternal DNA test. And fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, it wasn't him. So. Yeah. It's like we want to find him. Yeah. But. But we don't want him to be dead. We want him to be alive. Yeah. So, police um, start to think that maybe Martin did hurt himself. And because he was spotted by three different people near Trout Lake on the evening he disappeared, they thought maybe this would be the next lead to explore. They did extensive water searches in Trout Lake and the nearby reservoir. They also used cadaver dogs to help locate human remains in the waters. Um, they also used sonar technology and divers to help look for a body. They also searched all the land surrounding the waters. They didn't find any evidence, no bodies, nothing. No evidence that Martin was ever there. That's upsetting. So. Even though they saw him walking. Yeah. I know it's. And at that point you're like, maybe he was meeting somebody, you know. For real. That's all I can. Mm -hmm. You know, and maybe. <clears throat> I want to think. Like positively that maybe martin started a new life or something i want to think that he was like yeah like i didn't live up to what i thought my family's expectations were i'm just going to start over and leave him alone i hope that's what happened but i feel like you would see all this on the news and like you know this happened in 2014 so this is like what seven years later six years Oh, this happened in 2016, so this is like five yeah. years later, or six. I feel like you would, um, you know, I mean, even if you are depressed or anything, and hopefully, if he is still out there, he's gotten help. For that, yeah. I feel like you would be able to come back to your family. That's a good point. Because you'd have time to think about it, possibly get treatment. And possibly hear them on the news. Like, yeah. we miss you. Yeah, and, and really we talk about it would later. Like be back. Yeah, we talk about it later. But, like, his family still to this day rallies to find him. See, I feel like if he was out there. They don't want him to suffer. Or, yeah, Martin doesn't want his family to suffer. He obviously respects them. Yeah. Because he said that I didn't live up to your expectations. Exactly. So, if, you know. So police are back to square one again, and um, they start looking back into his behavior leading up to his disappearance because it's just so odd, and they think maybe that it'll help him get a better idea of, like, where he went. They tried to get psychological records from the school counselor, but they couldn't find anything <clears throat> to indicate Martin had ever been treated at school um, um, for anything like that, and his friends say that he never 
came to them with any problems like depression or anything of that nature. All they said was they noticed a, a change in him when he came back to school in January. They said that he liked to be alone a lot more, wasn't as so social, still social, but just not as social. I don't feel like it's weird that he wasn't as social, though, because... He's probably afraid to, like, get drunk again. Yeah, I feel like he wanted to... If he wasn't even going to App State, how was he back in the fraternity? I don't know. I don't think he really was officially. I think, oh, okay. according he to the school, like... I think he just stuck around. Oh, okay. okay. And his friends probably didn't ask questions. That's true. So... More months and more months pass by. They ask for help from other departments and people in different areas of expertise to look at the case and try to help them find answers, but to no avail. The family starts a Facebook group called Help Find Martin Roberts to help find answers and to hopefully communicate to Martin himself if he can see the post that they want him back home and that they love and miss him. They also offer a reward of up to 10000 for information leading to his whereabouts. The police said that they don't know for sure what happened, but someone does know something. They do. He had to have hitchhiked somewhere. Or maybe he told someone what he was doing, but he said, please don't tell, tell me. Tell, yeah. Or, like, if he walked a long way and then started hitchhiking, though. Yeah. And honestly, I've heard that, like, some people just, like, go join the homeless population. Yeah, and he probably wouldn't want social media because he probably doesn't want to be found if he did go missing on purpose. Yeah. So, how would they know? And how would he know that his family's crying for help? Yeah, and and if he, you know, is living with homeless people, they probably don't have access to TV, so they probably wouldn't know it's him. He's probably literally just living on his own like out there in the wild if he is missing on purpose you know like 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 a hermit like out in the woods woods you think or i think he's if we go with the theory that he went missing on purpose i think he's just a drifter oh okay but the family is in excruciating pain to this day they don't know what happened they don't care where he's been or what happened they just want him safe and at home The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children created an age-progressed photo of Martin Roberts, which we will have on our Instagram. Um, If you have any information about Martin Roberts, please call Boone Police Department at 828-268-6900 or High County Crime Stoppers at 828-268-6959. So Martin has been missing for over five years now, and his family deserves answers. He was last seen wearing a black three-quarter sleeve, Appalachian State University windbreaker, khaki shorts, a white sun visor, and gray New Balance shoes. He had a very small backpack with him. He had no or minimal facial hair. He has short, light brown hair, blue eyes, a mountain tattoo on his left forearm, a Bob Marley quote on his right rib cage. He's 5'10 and approximately 150 pounds. We will now read a post made by John Roberts called Ways You Can Help Today. And not only do we think this list is helpful for Martin, this is helpful for any missing persons. So, you can join the Help Find Martin Roberts Facebook group if you haven't already. You can invite others to join the group. Share 
the missing poster with a 10,000 reward note at the bottom. Share the pinned announcement. Here are the facts as we know them. Share any other of the posts here. Private message the group administrators or myself of your address and we'll send you a sticker for your car as pictured here. Hmm. If so inclined, say a small prayer for the health and safety of James Martin Roberts. Tell someone you care about that you love them. Leave a candle burning in your window so loved ones always know they are welcome in your home. And try to live out the following quote from the late, great Jimmy Valvano. To me, there are three things everyone should do every day. Number one is laugh. Number two is think. Spend some time in thought. Number three, you should have your emotions move you to tears. If you laugh, think, and cry, that's a heck of a day. One love, the jams. John, Abby, and Martin Roberts. I know. That's so I think the fact that they're literally not asking for donations, they're like, light a prayer, or light a candle, say a prayer. Oh, yeah. Message your email, we'll send you a sticker, share. It's like, these people are so sweet. So... The Help Find Martin Roberts Facebook group has almost 17,000 members. That's awesome. It is. So, if you feel inclined, please join and read more information about Martin's case and try to get involved if you can, even if all you can do is share the missing post. Martin was just 19 years old when he was last seen. His whole life was or is ahead of him. His family does want him. Martin is out there somewhere. People don't just decide to walk away and vanish into thin air. They're still out there waiting to be found. He is loved, cherished, missed, and never ever forgotten by his loved ones. And that is the disappearance of James Martin Roberts. Kill me. I know. I think his sister, um, I saw that she like posted on um, something about it, like, thank you, like, we're, we love when people get this information out there to more people. Right. I think it's an important case to share. It is, and the family was super honored and excited, I saw, um, because the Vanished podcast created a two-part episode about, um, Martin and had, John on the podcast and they link to the vanished vanished podcast on their gr Facebook group. And I think That's that, awesome. yeah, it is. And like the more people talk about it, the more we can find out yes. where he is, if he's okay and get answers for the family. The family deserves answers. Yes. You know, also I know he is, um, little bit younger but a lot of times when people go missing I've heard that in your like early to later 20s is when a lot of people develop schizophrenia yes and that causes a lot of they think it causes mm -hmm. a lot of missing persons cases and what if that was like you know I mean he was trying to isolate himself and I haven't even thought about that. You never know. It's more common what? in men, for sure. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's that's actually something to think about because he was obviously trying to medicate himself. He had those pills. I'm so curious. Like, I wish someone would come forward and say that they gave those to him. Yeah. I'd just like to know, like, where he was getting them from because yeah. that's... And why did he ask for him? Like, what did he say? Here's my theory. Are we positive they weren't prescribed to him? Maybe I, he was secretly going to a doctor or something. That's what I think. And, like, we, as in me and you, cannot be positive <clears throat> about that. Because I honestly... They said he didn't have a prescription for him. I don't know if that means that somebody else's name was on it. But the police haven't said anything. Or if it was in, like, a freaking bag or something. But... Here's my opinion, and, like, it's not of what happened to Martin, and it, it's not, like, a common opinion, but I honestly think that he unalived himself. I think he died by suicide. I really do. Where do you think he is, though? Like, they did the helicopter sonar searches that would have found him, and, like... You know... They did the lake. Do you think he went like a long way away? I don't. I think they just haven't found him yet. Christy Cornwell, uh, you guys know we've covered that case before early in our, uh, mm -hmm. you know, po podcast. Um, Christy Cornwell was searched for heavily for like eight weeks. She, there was helicopter, but she was found a mile from her home. It's been five years. I know. Six. I know. I know. And I, I just, I don't want that to be, I don't either. <laughs> I want him to be, uh, you know, thriving. Yeah. I want him to be like a freaking doctor or something now. Yeah. I think that it was, this was a young man who was very mentally, um, I don't want to say disturbed because that sounds off, but like he definitely had some problems. Yeah, because he thought he was a failure. Mm hmm. And he obviously wrote the note. I mean, yeah, because he threw it, you know, he had mm -hmm. did a draft. Yeah. Like, the police, I don't think they think it's foul play because no. they would have said so. I just wonder, like, was he borrowing a lot of money from his family? He had like, to have, I guess. Because how was he paying for it? That's why I'm, like, thinking, was he maybe involved in something that he shouldn't have been? Literally. And he could have, you know, just got involved and got too over his head and not have known how else to get out of it but to run. Yeah. Like, what else was he going to do, you know? Exactly. Like, or, I mean, he could have done something else, but, like, hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, in the moment, <clears throat> you probably feel like you have no other choice. Yeah. And being only 19. Yeah. You know, that's difficult. I feel like he was given, I, I feel like he was put under too much stress for a 19-year-old. Like, your brain's not even developed fully. Yeah. Like, but I feel like a lot of the stress, he thought it was there, but it wasn't. Yeah. Which is easy to do. Mm -hmm. And obviously, a lot of people, you know, you don't want anybody to know you're struggling. So you try to make your life look perfect and you can only make it look perfect 
for so long, eventually it runs out and everybody's going to find out. And that's embarrassing. Yes. And you're like, I'd rather just disappear. Yeah. And, you know, maybe he did. And if if we go with my theory, you know, died by suicide, maybe it wasn't um, like on purpose. Maybe he thought he could live like out there, you know? Oh, yeah. Just like succumb to the elements. Yeah. See, I feel like maybe he did take the food and maybe he didn't. Maybe he just thought he would be out there for a little while and then like could come back, but it didn't work out that way. Yeah, because he had an apartment um, lined up for the fall. Yeah. But what was his current? Why was something going on at his current apartment? I have no clue. Like they didn't address that. Mm-hmm. There's definitely weird things about the case, but I think in unfortunately the family uh I think still mostly believes that he's out there and alive. And I don't want to like be negative with my opinion, you know? Oh, yeah. So it's hard to say that. Like, yeah. Cause I don't want, want them to feel like they don't have any hope. I know, but that's just like my opinion, but obviously it could go either way. Yeah. And it is hard when someone hasn't been seen for, Six years, I mean. Dude. But how much can you change in six years where nobody can notice you? A lot. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Lucas is the perfect example of this. Look at him without facial hair and with facial hair. He's a chameleon. Yeah. He looks like a different person. He really does. (laughs) We could, like, keep going on and on about this case. Oh, I'm, yeah. Like, shook. I feel like there's a lot of theories that you can just keep I holding on. Yeah, for real. I have one, no, two suggestions for bullshit and banter. Thank you very much. One of them is called Wicked Words. It's an Exactly Right Network podcast. It's so freaking good. And this lady in the second season I'm obsessed with, mm-hmm. she interviews different crime writers about yes. their biggest piece, you know? Uh-huh. It's really interesting. But one podcast I'm super duper obsessed with right now is called the, oh, it's called the Sex and Psychology Podcast. <laughs> and, bro, it's narr- not narrated. It's um, by Dr. Justin Lay Miller. There's 43 episodes. They literally answer all the sex questions you never realized that you had. Okay. Yes. Like, okay, let me read some of the titles. The Truth About Polyamory. The Secrets of Relationship Success. The Decisions That Make or Break a Relationship. The Surprising Secrets of STDs. Sex Dreams and What They Mean. Inside an Affair. Sex, Lies, and Cheating. <laughs> the Magic of Masturbation. Um... The Guide to Opening Up a Relationship, How to Keep Passion Alive, um, let's see, uh, The Guide to Casual Sex and Healthy Hookups. And what is the person that narrates it, a psychologist? Yeah, he's a sex psychologist, and he's worked a lot with Dr. Phil, he's written books, and every episode he talks with another sex psychologist or therapist about the subject, uh-huh. um, I mean, God, like he's the history of sex toys, the science of kissing. Um, That's interesting. It is. It, this Okay. One of my favorite ones is called the truth about porn. 
they talk about literally everything scientifically. Yes. Like it's so good. Um, the, okay. <laughs> the psychology of cuckolding. Do you know what cuckolding is? I don't think so. It's where a man likes to watch his wife with another man. With another man. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we talked about that. I love Taboo. Oh, yeah. I'm like, tell me about it. Did you ever watch that show on MTV? Taboo? Yeah. Huh? Y'all? Me too. So you guys should listen to that. Thank you. Yes. Also, this will have happened like two weeks ago when this episode is released, but have you seen that Nikki Philippi made her comeback video? Ew. <laughs> No. Yeah, she's trying to come back. So, please, everybody, don't go watch her videos. Don't listen to her. Literally. If you don't remember, she's that lady that literally killed her dog. Her healthy Yeah, her dog. healthy dog for, like, no, no reason. Instead of training or rehoming. And his name was Bowser, and he was a bull terrier. And had a photo shoot. Right before he was euthanized. Literally. And he was, she, he bit, nipped, I mm-hmm. should say, her child. Um, but in the photo shoot before he was euthanized, they had pictures of the dog and the child. And the child was like hugging Kill. the dog. So I hate those people. There's that. Also, you guys heard us, or uh, Amber brought it to our attention that us, Summer Moon Utah Wells from Rogersville, Tennessee was missing. We talked about that in our um, Dahlia DiPolito case a couple weeks ago. She is still missing. She's still missing. She's four years old, dude. If you have not listened to anything about this, um, John Morden from the Lord and Arts channel has a video on it that was really informative. I need to watch it. Um, and... I think Stephanie Harlow did a video on it, too. Some of this, her parents say some very odd They things. do say weird, matter-of-fact things. Yeah. Like, most recently, her dad said, yeah, she's probably already dead. <gasps> yeah. I hadn't heard that. I do not like that. Mm, I know. Um, I know. I know. This is... And uh, yeah, crazy. I just want we just wanted to update you guys if you were still wondering about little summer. Um, a lot of us are, she's extremely endangered. Um, it's been raining a lot recently in, in Tennessee and Georgia. Uh, she's not okay. No, there's no reason for a four year old to be anywhere. No, besides at home. Um, and if you don't know, her mom, like. Said she let her inside to play with her brothers. Um, and the mom and the grandmother were outside. And when the mom said it was only like two minutes. And she went back inside. And Summer wasn't in the room with her brother. She asked where she was. They sat in the basement playing with her toys. Mm-hmm. Mom called for her. She didn't come. The mom went down there. She wasn't down there. I think like the back um, basement door was a jar. Oh, God. So she thinks she went out that door. 
um, but they live like up on a hill and not somewhere that people like are just driving by all the time. She would have had to like walk down her driveway to, yeah. to be seen by cars. And it's, it's like really odd to me that if this is what happened and she did walk to a road, the first car that saw her was somebody that wanted to harm her. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like somebody, you know, and the mom says it was like two minutes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think someone could have like, and you can't like drive up the driveway. You would have to back down it. You can't like drive halfway up, turn around. I think she was a hundred percent abducted by somebody she knew. Like you do. I do. I do. Because. But when did they get her? You think. I don't know. I think that like the parents know where she is. <gasps> I don't know if they killed her, but I think maybe they like gave her some money. Okay. The Ballows. <laughs> Literally. We also have another update that's um, unfortunate. Mm -hmm. Um. You will remember, uh, oh gosh. gosh, what's her name? Oh, no, 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 no. Tristany? Yeah, Tristany Bailey. Tristany Bailey? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. So the guy accused of stabbing, um, you know, 13-year-old Tristany Bailey told friends a month prior to her death that he planned to stab a random person to death. Not Tristan, Tristan, I'm sorry. Tristan. Okay. Um, so that's good. Great. Now, what did he do? Told his friends a month prior he planned on stabbing a random person. But she wasn't a random person. I know. That's okay. If you kill a classmate, that's not random. You no. know everybody. Yeah. And please, please, for the love of everything in me. Educate your children that if a classmate says something like they're going to kill somebody, stab somebody, blow something up, do something crazy, please tell them to go tell an adult. Mm -hmm. Like, I know it's not cool to be the tattletale or the snitch or whatever, but like you could literally save someone else's life and your friend's life because if they're going to do something crazy, their life is also <laughs> ruined. Literally. You remember the Slenderman? stabbing oh gosh there are a lot of cases i think where someone says something mm -hmm. and it you know it's not taken seriously no because kids run their mouths yeah oh yeah like in high school i'm gonna yeah. like i'm gonna beat her i'm literally gonna kill her yeah but then they actually do yeah um we hope that her family obviously gets like all the justice that they can Yes. And Ambrose, are you aware <laughs> that Drake Bell Yes. Okay. Pled guilty to child endangerment related yeah. charges. And he's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Fifteen year old girl at a Cleveland <clears throat> nightclub. But he started like grooming her when she was twelve. Yep. Um and she um was a big fan. Like mm -hmm. a huge fan. Mm -hmm. If you haven't watched the um, sentencing hearing. Mm -hmm. Her victim impact statement. Yes, it is very powerful. Go And then his 
the rebuttal to it and everything's disgusting. Yeah. <clears throat> and let's, let's mention he will not be going to prison. No. no. <laughs> because he's Drake Bell. Yeah, because he's Drake Bell. Super adorable, super loved by Nickelodeon. He's going to get community service or what? Like pro probation or something? I think it was probation. For like not even a year? Yeah. Like th three months or something? If you want to watch, um, not the victim impact statement, it is in there a little bit. But go check out Salone on YouTube. I never heard of her. No, it's a man. Salone? Mm -hmm. Oh, is it Sloan? It's S-L-O-4-N. Oh. But his name's Sloan. Oh. Sloan? Mm-hmm. Sloan. Sloan? Sloan? Anyway. Okay, I'm probably just too Southern for this. No, you're but. fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but check him out. He covers, like, a lot of... Um, he covered like Tia and Tani, what they're in trouble for. He covers Britney Spears, Amanda Bonds, Dan Schneider, Miranda mm -hmm. Cosgrove. Love that. He covers all that. Yeah. Stuff. Also, Bill Cosby, hate him to death. Oh my God. Why is he out? Literally, don't get it. I know. And Britney's not free of her conservative shit. Don't get me started. We meant free Britney, not free Cosby. Exactly. And Marilyn Manson surrendered to the police in California. Did you ever hear about Marilyn Manson recently? There was mm -hmm. allegations against him that his uh, ex-girlfriends um, were saying that he literally would, like, physically abuse them during sex acts. And, like, uh, I mean, uh, yeah. Is anybody surprised by this, though, really? I mean, I'm not. What? Okay. Not to be judgmental, but watch a freaking music video of his. Like, I used to listen to, like, beautiful people and stuff, but I was scared. Okay? Just because I liked Hot Topic doesn't mean that I like that video. I was, um, very young, probably like five or six, and my brother actually had a Marilyn Manson CD. And I got the little pamphlet out of it. And I remember I was looking at some of these pictures... And he was like, you know, looking crazy and stuff. And I was like, what in the world? <laughs> Who is this? <laughs> I thought my brother knew him or something. <laughs> um, one more little thing that I want to talk about. So Chris Watts ugh, is working with a writer named Sherilyn Cadle. And um, she recently found out from him that the reason he buried Shanann away from the girls is because he hated her so bad and didn't even want them to be together in death. Why would you say that? Uh, Literally. You're just making that up. He, because he wants a book. He wants Literally. attention. He didn't, he couldn't fit her in the, oil thing that's yeah, why he literally. buried her he's making stuff up yeah to make it sensational literally, yeah. i literally hate him don't buy this book she's writing Never. do not mm -mm. if you do unsubscribe yeah <laughs> if you do unsubscribe and i'm never talking to you again yeah because he does not need any money no like oh one thing i also wanted to mention was when we were talking about in the uh 
Latuya Bay episode about all the things that have happened to prohibit us from recording, our microphone literally broke. Yeah. So, like, we had to contact customer service. That took a while. We ordered another microphone, and then that one came. So now we have two. It's just this whole thing. <laughs> so dramatic, but... And if it's before August 1st that you're listening to this. Yes. We have a giveaway on our Instagram. Yeah. You can get a coffee mug. You can get a Georgia Crime Cafe decal. Super cute. We love that. Um, super easy to enter. Look at the show notes for all the sources and everything. Yes. And you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok at Crime Cafe Pod. You can email us at crimecafepod at yahoo.com. Mm -hmm. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.